everyone, welcome back to Masters of Support. I am your host, Vanessa Gates, and today I have with me Artie Kasaboon. He is customer experience thought leader and author. Artie, thank you so much for being here with me today and welcome. Yeah, thank you, Vanessa, and thank you, Play Playbox, for helping put this all together. Really excited for the discussion today and looking forward to, to uh, talking to you a little bit more. Yes, for sure. So, Artie, I don't know if you've heard some of our other episodes, but I always love to start with an icebreaker. And recently, I read your book, The Enable Better Service. And in this book, you talk about kind of your unconventional journey into the CX industry. Want to go ahead and just give us the, the cliff notes of, of how you got here? Yeah, it's... Uh... You know, a very, very short 380 pages uh, book. I like to tell people it is the world's heaviest business card. Um, but essentially, uh, over the last 20 years, over the last two decades, um, I've been in the customer experience, customer service uh, industry. And I've done everything from answering phone calls to leading teams as a team lead, as a manager, as a senior manager working my way all the way up into that kind of senior leadership role, senior director, you know, at the VP level, um, making decisions for what used to be a small organization that turned into a, a growing, huge organization. Um, so a lot of experience in the customer service, customer experience space. I've seen and done and have been hands-on uh, with a lot of the customer inbound type conversations and a little bit of the customer outbound conversations like account management or CSMs as well. Um, in my experience, I focus heavily on people, process, and of course, technology, or we call it product. Um, so in my book, every chapter has kind of a whimsical theme. It's kind of fun. I open it up with very light, uh, fun, conversational uh, aspects and things that are fun uh, to to talk through. And then it goes a little bit heavier at the end of the chapter of each chapter that talks a little bit more about business and hands-on and what I've learned and what I've seen in the industry over the last uh, two decades. Uh, so we'll get right into it. Uh, Artie, let's go ahead and talk about kind of the evolution of WFM to WEM. You know, many that have been in the industry for a while will know it as WFM. WEM may be a little new to some. So let's talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, customer service and contact centers, we're no notorious for acronyms and specifically like three-letter acronyms. We're really good at like CRM, IVR, ECD, all these ones that are super complex and don't really have meaningful uh, uh, use cases anymore because they're just old and archaic and they're, they come from you know, even pre-computer days, you know, like an IVR or an ACD or even CRM. Um, but WFM and WEM, this is near and dear to my heart. Um, I talk a little bit about it in my book. And at the end of my book, the best, best, I keep plugging my book, but the best part of my book is actually the part that I did not write. And it's the appendix at the end, which has a definition of all of these acronyms for contact centers. So um, if you do have a copy of my book or if you want a copy of my book, feel free to reach out to us and we'll, we'll supply you with those links. But at the end, it tells you and it defines what is WFM or what is CRM or WEM. 
So today we'll talk about WFM, WEM. Um, traditionally, back in the day, and when I say back in the day, I'm, I'm dating myself about, we'll say, 15 years ago. Um, the industry really didn't have WEM or Workforce Engagement Management. Um, it was WFM, which is Workforce Management. And uh, WFM was essentially um, something that's very basic. It's the, I have X amount of calls or chats or emails, or whatever, and I have X amount of humans. Um, when should I schedule those humans so that they can be the most productive to answer the varying number of phone calls, chats, and emails that come in? And then there's all sorts of mathematical equations that can use. Airling C is one. You don't have to Google that because all of the tools out there today have that all built in. But essentially, it says, okay, well, if there's X amount of people calling at this time and calls on average take this amount of time, you need X amount of humans. And then don't forget that those humans need to take bathroom breaks, lunch breaks. They, they're not robots. Um, so factor that time allotment in uh, so that you're not uh, over-occupying their time. So they're not literally talking on a phone call for an eight-hour time period in a day. Um, they have those natural natural breaks. They have the ability to take what's called after-call work uh, and then also make sure that they're not wasting their time in those breaks and after-call work. So it's all about productivity and measurement. Um, so that's WFM. I want to touch a little bit on WEM and how it's evolved. Um, WEM is uh, a little bit more advanced than WFM and encompasses WFM. So all that scheduling and mathematics and making sure that employees and team members are, aren't overworked or underworked uh, is also uh, wrapped into WEM, which also does things like speech analytics, uh, tools like agent assist, which uh, when an agent's on a chat or call or email, uh, it can feed them information to make their productivity better um, so that they don't have to know everything off the top of their head. They can just be a generalist instead of a specialist. And then when a specific topic comes up, um, AI and speech analytics can pull that content up for them. Um, also, speech analytics to tell whether or not if the customer is... Uh, has high level sentiment or low, so happy, sad, frustrated, um, same on the agent side. Um, also, it can be used for compliance. So did the agent ask questions uh, that they should be asking, or did the agent uh, perform the tasks that they needed to perform in the email or the chat or over the phone call? So I'll pause there. There's a ton of information around that, but a huge evolution between WFM and what we call WEM today. And I'm excited to drill into it and maybe tell some stories as well. For sure. Thank you for giving us kind of that quick evolution from the workforce management to the workforce engagement management. Funny, I have not gotten to the end of your book. So while you mentioning the glossary, the appendix, and I like went to it and I'm reading it. For someone like myself who was new to the industry when I came on the Playbox, I studied our glossary that is on our playbox.com website. Like I was going to apply and take the bar exam. Let's kind of talk about how um, the importance of 
utilizing the, this technology and leaning on it, you know, why it's been more crucial than ever now that a lot of our agents are working from home or many contact centers are in a hybrid uh, model. Yeah, I love this topic. And um, yeah, to touch on what you just mentioned about getting a master's degree, um, I'll touch on that a little bit first, and then I'll bleed into the where we are due to COVID and the pandemic and work from home agents. Um, uh, you know, when, when people start out in the call center industry, whether that, that is as a frontline agent or in leadership, or maybe they're on a workforce management uh, team already, um, or maybe they just inherited. So maybe they're a senior director or a VP that inherited a call center or a contact center. Um, no one really goes to school and says, oh, I want to major in call centers. Like there's no like degree for that. There's maybe like a business degree that's kind of close or business communications that's kind of close, but no one has curriculum or at least not in a formal setting. Not yet. And they're starting, the, the universities are starting to do this. And uh, I'm one of the guest per, uh, professors at a university that I live close to here in Southern California. Um, and we're trying to bleed it into uh, business communications. But but no one really has a set formal curriculum for this area. Um, and I would argue that WFM and WEM is probably one of the more advanced niche pieces of the contact center that if you don't get right, um, the whole thing can fall apart. It's a house of cards. The foundation will fall apart because you just don't understand whether or not your agents are productive or you have the right amount of team members or agents. You don't know if you have the right channels, uh, so phone, chat, email, and social. Um, and you may not know exactly how the team, the individuals are performing. Um, and how your customers, uh, measuring how your customers are reacting to the performance of your team. So it's extremely important and crucial. And this is pre-pandemic. Um, when the pandemic hit and it forced a lot of our businesses to go to the work from home agent model, um, it made it even harder for teams that didn't have a very strong WEM practice or tool set or framework to be able to make sure that my work from home agents are uh, signing out on a, in on time, productive, um, they're not overworked, not underworked, they're getting the right education in real time. So that's kind of that agent assist environment. So they're getting fed the right information. Um, Pre-pandemic, when you had call centers, we'll say a team of 20 people in a room that would go into the office, commute, park the car in the parking lot, walk in, not only would they have a sense of community and, uh, with their their uh, coworkers, but also when they had a problem, when there's a new hire that first day on the phones and they have no idea how to answer this customer's problem, they could literally just raise their hand and then the team lead comes over and says, hey, put them on mute. What can I help you with? Oh, it's this. And it's just a quick answer, quick, simple, and you get that face-to-face uh, in person, when now fast forward to a new hire starting in the pandemic and working from home, that raising of the hand isn't as easy. They have to use tools and technology to digitally raise their hand. And then hopefully someone can see it digitally. They can use like Slack or Teams or whatever that is. 
or even through the WEM product itself, um, hopefully someone can pick that up and then quickly message them or give them a quick note of this is how I'd answer that problem. So in this work from home environment, WEM workforce engagement tools is uh, even more important than it was before when we had in-person brick and mortar contact centers for multiple different reasons. Um, another kind of call out here is um, agents that work from home feel like they're uh, work, they're like a one-man army. They don't see, they can't look around the room and say, oh, there's a thousand other people doing my work so I can take a natural break because there's other people here to, to get it. They'll, they'll help me out and let me go on break. Um, when they're working from home in a physical office, in their home office or in their kitchen, um, they may overwork themselves because they don't really see the presence of the rest of the organization and team that can help out. So they're going to try to, uh, you know, hit the home run every time, try to be on time, try to. Uh, so we see a lot of productivity go up and spike because people are working with blinders on at home and they have no idea that there are other people out on the team that can help and support them. So. It's extremely important to use WFM and WEM tools to help uh, agents so that they're not overworked in this environment as well. It's a good analogy that you mentioned that overwork. I think some of us sometimes get in that trap. I know speaking for myself, it's so easy to work through a lunch break. Um, it's so easy to just be at my desk. It's convenient. I'm here. Um, and we end up working way more than, you know, what is expected from us. Uh, so that kind of segues to my next question about employee engagement and morale. You know, what are some, can you share maybe a story how they've increased that you've seen uh, other organizations have increased, you know, engagement and morale in this new era that we're in utilizing these uh, tools? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I've got a bunch of stories. So I'll just I'm a storyteller. Obviously, I wrote a book. So a book is just a collection of chapters, which is a collection of stories. So I'll go on forever with stories. But, um, but yeah, the work from home uh, environment is a lot harder than the, the work in office environment. And there's pros and cons to both. So I know that some of the people listening, maybe they've already brought the contact center back in house full time. Um, maybe they're in a hybrid model where it's some days at home and some days not. Um, there's benefits to both. There's also individual agents, uh, and this is kind of touching on your question a little bit, the agent experience. Some agents um, excel and perform better in certain environments. So there are individuals that have the same exact roles and are skilled at the same level, but one individual may be way better at an in-office experience, and one person may be way better at an at-home experience. Um, and that's just more personality types. That's just how uh, employees are um, and, and how they react to those types of environments. Um, some people working from home, it's the most stressful thing in the world because right beyond that door, sometimes not even beyond that door when they're working in their living room or their kitchen, it's the, oh, I got to do the dishes. Oh, I got to take out the trash. Oh, I got to do the laundry. Um, all of those type of um, monkeys on your back, we like to call them, um, while still doing your jobs. You've always got that kind of 
uh, thing looming over your shoulder that can maybe distract you enough so that you're not productive. And then vice versa, um, when you're in the office, for some people who like to be a little bit more uh, fenced off and like to work from home, if they're forced to go into the office, they may have the distractions of the water cooler talk, you know, like that friend that you kind of know that's a work friend, but like there's three pods cross, like, oh, they got a, they got a little break, but you're still on a call. Like they may came, come over and write you a little post-it note and distract you. And um, that may uh, not be productive or inducive for that person to be the best employee or have the best employee experience while they're working as well. So think about that as you're uh, putting together more of your policies. Um, one of the stories I like to tell, and this is a, a story about a company, I won't say the company, but they were a contact center in the Port- Portland, Seattle area. So uh, north, uh, north uh, west coast of the U.S., um, they had a pretty large contact center, and this is pre-COVID. Um, they ran out of physical contact center seats, um, and they didn't want to do shared seats. They didn't want to do cram more seats in the physical building, but they had to expand the number of contact center uh, reps or agents. So what they did was uh, they kept hiring, of course, but they allowed people to work from home. And it was, um, wasn't like a voluntary, like, okay, seniority-wise, the more senior people can work from home now. It's a privilege. And it wasn't a um, all new hires have to work from home because we just don't have enough space in the office. It wasn't like that. Um, it was actually done by choice, and they incentivized it or uh, made it into a game, so gamification. Um, they basically said for every employee that works in the office, if you come into the office, you get paid an extra uh, $0.25 cents or dollar, depending on what your role is. Uh, per hour. So you made more money if you came into the office and did the exact same job than working from home. So then they put a sign up sheet and then people had shift bids and they're like, oh, well, what do I want? Do I want to make my normal wage and work from in the comfort of my own home? Or do I want to work? And maybe, maybe it's not all the time. Maybe it's just next week I'll work in the office, make a little extra money so that when I go on PTO, I can spend some extra money on my vacation. Um, and what they found was people were signing up for these shifts that were in office and it was a hot commodity and it wasn't necessarily for the pay. They thought it was for the pay originally, but it was really because uh, you learn more through osmosis when you work in a contact center in person because you learn from your peers. You have that ability, uh, that culture ability to talk to people, take lunch breaks together. Uh, so forth and so on. So I'll pause there, but that's a, that's a good, great story of a pre-pandemic and they had a problem they had to solve and they solved it with uh, WEM solutions with work from home options. Artie, this has been wonderful. We can keep talking about WFM, WEM for much, much longer. Um, before we end this episode, can you share with us where can our audience get a copy of your book? And I'll show it for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you could always message me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Um, and also you can go to my website. Um, you can buy it on Amazon. So if you were to type in enable better service uh, book, 
and uh, hit search. It'll pop up on Amazon. But I also have a website too. So if you want a free copy of my book or a signed copy of my book, let me know, reach me out. Um, my organization's called Go Clarity. So goclarity.com. Uh, and you can go to the books tab or you can go to goclarity.com slash books. Um, would ha- I, I love talking about WEM and WFM. I also love talking about all the intricacies of CX and customer experience. So uh, feel free to reach out. This is what I do for my nine to five job, which is just help other professionals in the customer experience contact center world. So you're not bugging me. Feel free to reach out. I'd love to connect on LinkedIn and or in person or over a Zoom call. Thank you. And just to clarify, all of your contact information is on your website, correct? We'll make sure that we put a link to that on this podcast uh, episodes page. Artie, again, thank you so much for being here today with me. I enjoyed this conversation. I look forward to hopefully us crossing paths again. Thank you to our audience for listening today. Everyone, I will catch you in our next episode. And as always, be a good human. I'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks, Vanessa. Thanks, Playbox. Playbox.